Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Well, I got another episode for you here, and uh, about a week after I put out the last one. So again, uh, hopefully you are following you the, the feeds for this show, and you're picking up the new shows, and you're listening to them. Many thanks again to Cal Wilson for interviewing Mark and David, the authors of The Seven-Step Survival Plan, and that was last week. I really enjoyed that, and I picked up some things, and you know, that's the goal is whenever you spend a little bit of time listening to one of my podcasts, if you pick up one or two good ideas out of each show, then my goal is achieved. So I want to talk a little bit about what I think is probably coming down the pike and some of the signs that we see that are going on out there right now. I'm going to try not to make any predictions because... Anybody who makes a prediction and then it doesn't come come true at that time, boy, they sure look like a fool. And would you agree with me on that? You know, they. It, I'm talking about a specific prediction. I'm not talking about a generalized, you know, sign of a bad thing coming because that's what I want to talk about. But you know, when somebody says, "Well, you know, the apocalypse is going to happen on this certain day and this certain year," and blah 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 blah. That, that kind of stuff rubs me the wrong way. So I promise that I won't do that here. But I am in the mobile studio, headed out to an appointment, and I'm going to share a few ideas with you here in a couple different segments. If you've been paying attention to the news, you see what's going on with Greece. Basically, Greece is bankrupt. And Greece did not vote for austerity. In other words, they did not vote to tighten their belts and get back on a budget. So what are they doing? They're asking for a bailout. They're asking for the European Union to bail them out. Now, folks, I want to talk to you here as my fellow preppers. You have to understand that this is basically a sign of things to come. Many nations, many countries, and maybe even ours here in the United States of America, or maybe yours if you're listening to me from another country, because I do have international listeners. This kind of stuff is going to happen. People in general, all over the world, don't want to engage in responsibility anymore, especially when it comes to finances. So, you know, I kind of put a title on this episode, you know, is it going to be financial? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be a financial collapse. I very much agree with Glenn Tate in his book series, 299 Days, which, by the way, you can buy through my Amazon store. You know, I think it's going to be financial, and I think it's going to be gradual. I don't think we're going to have a major collapse overnight, but I would suggest that you be doing things, and and these are some of the things that I'm strongly considering here improving in my preps. I would strongly suggest that you be... That you have some cash laying around, that you have a decent amount of cash, and I don't really mean laying around. Maybe that was a bad way to put it. In a good safe, and not a safe deposit box at a bank, because there there's probably going to come a time where access to banks might be pretty tough to do. And even though the dollar may really severely deflate and go down in value, and some of you might be thinking, Bob, come on, you know, why should I be uh, holding cash 
when the value is just going to be going down. Because I think the bubble that we've got going right now is going to burst once again, as we've seen it burst many times. And cash is always going to be king. And even if a dollar is only worth 75 cents at the time that it starts and worth 40 cents, you know, during the peak of the disaster, you still have a dollar in cash that you can access. And it should be in small bills. Don't keep a wad of hundreds. Keep a supply of 20s, 10s, 5s, and 1s, and coins. You know, should you be investing in silver? Yes. Should you be investing in gold? Yes. 10 or 12% of probably all, all of your investments. That seems to be the common prepper theme. And I think it's important that you realize that you can't be doing things as it was said last week in the interview with those guys you can't be doing things like running up your debt even if the stink hits the fan and we have a, fi a financial collapse you are still going to be expected to pay your debts that that's my thinking here and i'm speaking to you kind of i'm not trying to be prophetic when i say this but you know i'm a man of faith and and i really feel a connection with my Christian faith and I, I just I'm feeling compelled right now to tell you these types of things because I think that they're gonna happen I think it's unavoidable I think we're headed in that direction you know I, I believe I personally believe there's gonna be a time where Jesus is gonna come back and for those who believe he's gonna end this all and we're gonna go be with him in his kingdom and many people are gonna be left behind now, I don't want to impose religion on you, and I'm not going to do that, but I think it's important that you understand what I believe, and you can take that for what it's worth, and I, and I hope that it's something that you think about and that you take heed to. Even if you don't believe that, let's look at the laws of the land. Let's look at the laws in this country and what's going on in other places. You know, a tyranny is on the rise. It's on the rise in this country, and it's on the rise everywhere else. And I personally think nine Supreme Court judges that are not elected, overturning the will of the people and just making law, that's tyranny, folks. That's tyranny. A president that is issuing tons of executive orders and not being challenged that's tyranny and I'm not I'm not trying to be political I'm just being realistic in other countries like Greece and many others that are in financial trouble it's because they've got tyranny alright it's because power and money is trying to be consolidated to the elite ruling class and that's what's going on and it's because people are allowing it you know and it may maybe some of you are going oh Bob you know you're usually a pretty positive guy Bob why are you talking about all this negative stuff yeah I am a positive guy but don't be confused about something just because I'm positive doesn't mean 
that I don't deal in reality. I do. I don't take a Pollyanna approach and start thinking that, oh, well, everything is just going to be honky-dory because I have a positive attitude. I'm a realist. And I want you to be a realist as well. So it is financial. And what's going to be worth money? Well, I would would suggest that you start prepping and storing and saving things that are also going to be worth money. Now, I'm not going to talk about food because we all know that food equals money. All right, and if you haven't figured that out by now after listening to 260-something episodes from me and many, many other podcasters out there with other good prepping shows, then you know what? It's kind of a lost cause. Food is money, so have food. But let's go beyond that. Let's let's take several steps beyond food. What's going to be worth money? Well, I really believe that weapons and ammunition are going to be worth money. Here's what I mean by that. Guns and ammo you can't eat. I understand that. But they are part of your preparations. And there are still quite a few people who do not properly defend themselves. And when the stink hits the fan, when there's a financial collapse, and when there's chaos, and when there's civil unrest, and we've had civil unrest you know, occur already, folks. What about Ferguson, Missouri? And that's why I just, you know, in fact, I want you to hear something. I want you to hear something from a listener. And he actually called in to my voicemail that I have set up for my other show, the Handgun World Podcast. So if you like guns, listen to me over at the Handgun World Podcast. I try to keep this show not about firearms, but I bring it up every once in a while because it is a prep. These are going to be great bartering items. There are people who are not going to be prepared to defend themselves. And and defending themselves is going to be very important. And so, if you have extra firearms and ammunition, they're going to be worth a lot. I think they're going to be worth a whole lot, especially to somebody that doesn't have anything. Somebody that hasn't prepared. Somebody that hasn't been paying attention. And then all of a sudden they're going to wake up when a, when a disaster hits. And, and you know, and you start you start getting frustrated, don't you, with people? I bet a lot of you are getting frustrated because you know that there are people out there that maybe you love or that you know that just simply are not going to wake up until after the disaster hits, right? How many of you know people like that? I do. They're not going to wake up until the disaster hits, but when they do wake up, they're going to be willing to pay almost anything or trade almost anything to get a gun and some ammunition to be able to properly defend themselves. So, let's listen to a listener who called in a, an excellent voicemail, and he's from the Ferguson, Missouri area. Does that ring a bell? He brings up some real good points here that I hope that you're thinking about. Hi, Bob. This is Tom from Ferguson, Missouri. I wanted to share some thoughts about the the Ferguson riots that happened, uh, living through it as a gun owner, as a resident, as a father, as a husband. Uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, the day I had back in August. So um, I've been thinking about this a long time. I'd like to share it with uh, 
some some gun owners, some some listeners of your show. I I went to work. Uh, I got up at 6 a.m. and went to work just like any other day and spent eight, nine hours at work, came home. Uh, we had heard rumors in the past about the decision coming down. We did expect some outlash to happen after the decision because I think everybody expected uh, no indictment to happen. We did expect some sort of rioting, some sort of looting. Uh, we did not know when that would happen. We definitely had a uh, to go back for every member of our family. We have I have a wife, I have two kids, I have a, a dog, and uh, we had plans with relatives to basically bug out if things got bad. Uh, things definitely did get bad that night. Um, the decision came out. I can't remember what time. I think it was about eight o'clock. And uh, as soon as the decision happened, there was definite outcry, and uh, things definitely started getting pretty bad. We were we were prepared. We we both have our CCWs. We have um, a significant amount of training. Not not to say anything great about it, but uh, we have a little bit more than hopefully most people. Um, we did not necessarily pre- we did not expect it to be quite as bad as it was. Um, the the arson and the amount of looting uh, was very disappointing to us. Uh, we. We were very much on the edge. We did not know what to do as far as uh, whether we wanted to bug out or whether we wanted to try to ride it out. We decided to ride it out. Um, We had both of our kids in bed. We did not necessarily want to scare them. We also did not necessarily think that the safest thing to do was to go outside, pack them up, and then get on the roadways. We did not stay to protect our, our house. That was not something we did. We did not protect our property. We were protecting our, ourselves, so our property was not our main concern. It was it was somewhat of a concern, but we'd taken steps to minimize the sort of damage that could be done, even if our house got burnt down or looted. Um, we had taken some proactive steps to get the important things out. But anyway, back to the night. Um, when things started heating up, I throughout the whole ordeal, um, I had decided on an AR for my home defense weapon, um, just because of the sheer numbers of people involved and the idea of uh, an arsonist was definitely something on my mind if anybody came out with a gas can um i don't know you know two kids small kids two and four uh, wife dog myself if we were asleep and uh somebody decided to do that i'm not sure if all of us would get out you know um it's a very real concern that we had and that lived with us for several months while we were living through this ordeal. So the night of, um, I got the AR when things started getting fairly bad. Um, But what really started concerning me was the arsonists that were going around setting businesses on fire. Thankfully, in retrospect, we know that they did not set any residences on fire, but living through that, you you don't know if the next one that's going to burn down is going to be on your block or on your neighbor's block. So uh, because of the geography of where we live um, and some of the businesses that got burnt down, um, we could see the flames coming from a couple of the businesses from our front porch, from our from our second story. We live on a corner. Um, the businesses that were under fire, um, they wound up diverting traffic. A lot of that traffic went down our block. We live on a corner. There was one of me. My wife was basically, she was on the team, so to speak. 
she was definitely doing the intel on social media, on listening to news, uh, trying to determine where the threat was, making the decision whether we stay and ride it out, whether we go, whether we risk packing the kids up, um, which is not a quick process when you have two small kids at home. Um, I was basically tasked with patrolling with a rifle um, from probably about uh, 8 to 9 to about 3 a.m. And uh, that might or might not sound like a long time, but uh, after waking up at 6 a.m., after working a nine-hour day, eight-hour day, um, and having the stress of going through an ordeal like that, it's pretty easy to, you know, brag on the Internet about protecting your house. It's a little bit different thing to do it um, hour after hour, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and then I finally, things finally calmed down around 3 a.m. and we managed to calm down enough to go to sleep. Um, but for a good six or seven hours, I was walking from window to window in my house. Um, I realized that one person cannot defend their house against an arsonist. You cannot cover every approach to uh, any establishment, a house or anything, uh, probably not any house, but definitely not ours in particular, especially with um, being so close to an intersection and having so many cars, several hundred cars past our house between, you know, 11, a, 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. A lot of them probably were people trying to get somewhere and they just didn't realize the streets were closed. Some of them were there for reporting or part of the protest. Some of them were probably residents trying to get out and trying to figure out which way they needed to go to get out. But uh, there were a lot of confused drivers uh, on the corner. There were some doing three-point turns. There were some that passed our house several times, three or four times, the same car passing by your house and, you know, at midnight tends to raise some concerns. Um, basically, my, my main concern was that somebody got out of their car or started walking up to the house with a gas can and uh, what I had to do to stop that. And uh, I was prepared to do it. I did not want to do it, and I certainly did not come close to doing it, So, um, but I was prepared. And long story short, nothing happened, um, but something could have very easily. Um, it was not something that I could have done two nights in a row. It's something that we did not choose to try. We basically packed up, and we spent the next couple nights uh, at a relative's. It was something done purely out of necessity. Um, you cannot protect your house after working an entire day. You cannot, uh, one person cannot uh, watch for anybody that could come at any time. So it's definitely uh, an experience that stuck with me, and uh, I've been thinking about it for a long time. And if you want to share this on your show, um, please feel free. And uh, just wanted to share it with uh, you and maybe your listeners. Uh, and that's my story. So I hope everything is going well with you, and thank you for your podcast, and God bless. Tom. Well, thank you, Tom, and thank you for being willing to share your story with us. Wow. By the way, folks, you can call a voicemail in anytime you want. I have one voicemail box that I use for both of my podcasts. 
I have a lot of people that call in regarding firearms and they call in regarding the Handgun World podcast. You can also use the same voicemail for today's survival show. That number is 210 area code 210-646-1727. Now what Tom did is he just sent me an audio recording. If you want to do that, you can also email me bob at todayssurvival.com if you want. So I wanted you to hear Tom's story. Uh, doesn't that kind of wake you up a little bit? You know, I hope you have plans for protecting your home. You know, in the previous segment before the voicemail, I was talking about possible financial collapse and civil unrest. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen here uh, in this country. It doesn't even necessarily have to be tied to a financial collapse, does it? It could be something like what happened in Ferguson regarding an indictment that people were hoping was going to happen and didn't happen. This is all part of survival. This is all part of modern day survival. And do you have a plan? And you notice that Tom was wondering, he and his family were trying to figure out whether they should bug out or whether they should bug in and stay in. I think they made the right choice of staying in. When you got rioting and looting and violent people out there, probably leaving the area might be more dangerous than staying in. But do you have a plan? Do you have what you need for staying in? Number one, are you well defended? Number two, do you know how to defend your family and yourself. Are you trained to do that? Not just with firearms, but are you trained on how to fortify your house? Do you have cameras? Do you have the outside of your house? Do you know it? Do you know it very well? Can you walk around the outside of your house in the dark and do you know it very well? Do you know where the vulnerable areas are? Because this, you know, if you have civil unrest like this, you, you may have, you might be facing a situation where you have a lot of people that might want to get your stuff. Or an arson threat, as Tom talked about in this voicemail. Do you have a plan for that? You know, what's your plan for somebody setting fire to your home or the dwelling in which you live. Even if you are listening to me, you live way out in the country. This could find its way out to you, could it not? So don't, you know, don't think just because you live way out <clears throat> of everything, you know, away from everything, that you're completely immune to this kind of stuff. A lot of it depends on how bad it gets. So for those of you who listen to me over at the Handgun World Podcast, you're going to hear Tom's voicemail again because I want to talk about some other subjects over there at that show regarding guns. But over here, where we talk about modern day prepping and modern survival techniques, you have to think about if you, if this goes on long term. You know, in Ferguson, Missouri, it really didn't go on long term. Now, you know, for Tom and his family, that might have seemed long. And, you know, he just described his incredibly long day, which I can't imagine going through that. Think about if we do have a financial meltdown. Think about it lasting not just days, but weeks and maybe even months. Are you ready for that? And this has got me thinking because I don't think I'm prepared enough for that. 
if there was a week long or a two week or even a month a month and a half long period of unrest and uncertainty and I'm forced me and my family are forced to stay in our house I'd have to say that I'm probably not prepared well enough yet and so I've got some more work to do this kind of woke me up thank you Tom for sending me this voice clip you know folks I do this podcast for my benefit as much as I do it for yours it helps to keep me to keep me prepared it helps to keep me thinking about what it is that I need to do I'm at a point now where I don't like to share a whole lot publicly I will share some things but I don't want to share everything not because I'm paranoid that someone could be listening or that because hey folks you know think about it I mean if somebody wants to come after me they're and me and my family they're coming after me and my family whether I do this podcast or not if they see that I have stuff if they didn't prepare and civil unrest happens or a financial collapse happens or even if it's a series of different financial collapses they, they and if they see that I have stuff or I have resources they're coming after me and you know what else I, I see happening in this country and maybe in other countries that not just not just one big huge case of civil unrest due to a financial collapse you know the whole country may not deteriorate at once. You may have small pockets. You may have a state that has a problem. You may have a city and a municipality like Ferguson, Missouri, that has a problem, or Baltimore, Maryland, as we've recently seen. You know, Greece is a small country. But there we have it, an entire small country that has issues that has had civil unrest before you know could that come to America could a state or a group of states or a region or even some cities that just hit the point where they're totally bankrupt they don't have any more resources their credit rating is trashed and they can't get any more and then now they want a bailout but in the meantime while they're trying to get a bailout and maybe that maybe the government can't bail them out you know, in the meantime, services deteriorate, protective services deteriorate, water, electricity, things like that begin to go away. What are people going to do? In desperate times, people do desperate things. Things that they probably wouldn't ordinarily do, but guess what? They're desperate because they didn't prepare. So that's what you have to worry about. I really think that you have to worry about not the people who are prepared like you and me and the people who listen to this show and things like that. You have to be worried about the people who have their head in the sand. You have to be worried about the people who are not paying attention to this kind of stuff and there are plenty of them out there. So I wanted to give you some things to think about. Please join our forum. I'm going to start a thread as I do about every show and give me some comments on this you know our forum that we have is a small forum and it might not be as active as some of the other forums out there but I can tell you there are a lot of good people on the forum the today's survival show forum I keep it restricted only to listeners so the only way that you can sign up for our forum is if you listen to this podcast 
and you follow the instructions I give you. Register, send me an email, tell me your username. My email is bob at todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that address. Then I'll approve your account. Then you're free to do whatever you want on our forum. But I'd like to get some feedback from you. And don't forget about the Today's Survival Show Facebook page. Go over there and like it if you haven't. Search Today's Survival Show on Facebook. You'll find it. Like it. I'll put a post on there about this podcast as well. And I'm going to start putting some more information on the Today's the, the Today's Survival Show Facebook page. With that said, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of today's survival show where it's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I'm Bob Main. I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.